0: Hello, and welcome to Tic Tac Talk, episode one. This week, we'll be talking about our iPhone 6S stories, and hopefully, if we get to it, some iPhone 7 predictions. So again, I'm Rob. I'm Candice. And we're excited to be here with you. So, Candice, we're coming up on the six-month anniversary of the 6S. How's yours doing?
1: Uh, it's been feeling. It's been, I've been feeling great. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's good. been a great 6 months. a great six-month ride with it. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it because I feel like a lot of reviewers use the phone for three weeks, it away and then never discuss it especially with the iPhone like do you feel like the iPhone is such much, so much of a utility in your life that you forget that it exists or it's a, a gadget
0: definitely um coming from Android before a big draw was the ubiquity but I think because of that ubiquity and the commonplace of it it doesn't get the attention that other devices might get so I would agree yeah it gets you know not the specific attention it's more just like a known aspect of life
1: and there's so much tinkering I feel like that comes with Android that you're always constantly trying to get to that perfect stage, where I feel like a lot of the iPhone technology, it's so refined that it kind of recedes back, so we forget about what it is and how it serves us. So I'm really excited to do this episode to discuss it since it's our six month anniversary.
0: Definitely, and we hope to give you, the listeners, uh, a really in-depth dive to our thoughts, and we'd love to hear yours too.
1: So let's get started, we're gonna talk about some of the major 6S features that came out and kind of just discuss if we're still using them, because right now a lot of times they release, especially with the S iteration, um, people talk about them and then we never use them again. It comes back three generations later on and you're like, oh, I totally forgot that we had you know, iBooks and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but the first one is, and I think you're going to be a better user of it, is 3D Touch. 3D Touch came out on the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus. Rob, are you using 3D Touch?
0: I am using 3D Touch. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because earlier, well, I was showing you, but I think 3D Touch is a killer feature. I don't know if it's quite realized yet, but um, my go-to example was in the mail app. Uh, mm-hmm. With apps like Outlook, you have the calendar built in. But with 3D Touch, Apple's enabled that because you can force touch on a date if formatted correctly and get a preview of your calendar. So I think in that sense, and in a lot of other apps, um, like with the Maps app, you can just swipe down on the icon to go home. I think there's great utility there. Um, I just
1: forget that it exists. Like I'm, I'm so used to navigating all the apps that I use on a daily basis. I forget that if I apply a little more pressure, I get that second menu. Mm-hmm. I think it's just force of habit that I just haven't developed it. And there's no way of showing it me all the time that it's available, right? It's kind of a hidden layer of interaction that I always forget.
0: That's definitely true. And I think that is definite. That is without a doubt the biggest con to 3D Touch. You don't know where it is. I think you see that a lot more in the Apple Watch um, from my, uh, what I've heard. But I think once you look for it and once it becomes more prevalent in applications, um, my, my thought is that one day it will be not so much a guess if it's there, but an assumption that it is that it will really be more powerful. Um, but I agree with you. Right now, I have to actively push myself to use it. I'm always trying to use Apple's apps because they have the 3D Touch and get more familiar with it. So far, I've been pretty happy, though. I can't complain.
1: Really, I, I can't imagine now. I have almost every single stock app that it comes on my iPhone, I've like slowly replaced it with my collection. So like Calendar, I never use Calendar. I always use Fantastic Fantastical. Um, same thing for the weather. But the weather is the one exception. You kind of convinced me to go back to the stock weather app because I realized I didn't need so many detailed statistics, it was just general enough, and it's fast enough, mm-hmm. and it works with my watch, but honestly, I just don't use them, and I think there's only a couple of handful of third-party apps that I've used that has 3D Touch. The one I always think about is um, Workflow. Have you used Workflow before? I
0: actually have not. Could you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the automator of iOS, and when mm. it first came into the App Store, it was really a big shocker, because no one ever thought that Apple would approve an app that allowed you to do so much and code different, so many different actions within the iPhone. Truthfully, I'm not using it to the full capability at all. I feel like I'm not even using it to the 1% capability. All I have for Forestouch is when I hold down the icon, it lets me send a quick text to my mom that says, I arrived. Like, there's no, there's uh-huh. no like, filler or there's no variable. It just literally says, I arrived. Um, hmm. Because I had that on my watch. So when I arrive somewhere, I, I text my mom, I arrived in my watch. And I wanted something like that on my phone.
0: Hmm. That's really interesting. I have not used Workflow, but I'm going to want to check it out now. That sounds really awesome. Um, I don't really know. I've been playing with iFTT oh. for kind of a similar thing. Um, but back to Force Touch, I think I agree with 3D you. 3D Touch, don't forget. 3D me. Touch, excuse me. Force Touch me. is
1: only on the Apple Watch. 3D Touch is more complex on the phone.
0: Right, I'm reading our notes now, and we actually made that mistake a couple times. But with 3D Touch, um, I think what really pushed me over the edge is the multitasking. Because in iOS 9, the way they made it um, with the card view now coming in from the left-hand screen side, screen side it makes so much more sense through the force touch and it really concretes that swiping back gesture that Apple's been pushing throughout all their apps and that design yeah. language. That I think is the biggest application and the one I use the most. I don't know about you, do you still use a double tap?
1: I So the issue is I actually turned down my 3D touch setting. You can go to accessibility oh. and turn it down for the sensitivity. It's actually pretty hard when you first get the default. I feel like you have to apply a lot of extra force. Mm-hmm. I turned it down so now when I'm browsing in bed, like looking at Reddit, I always accidentally turn on multitasking, because I'm always oh. swiping. So a lot, of like, a lot of the apps, user interfaces and user experience have you swipe back to go back. A lot of times when I'm swiping back from a post on Reddit. It opens multitasking, and it drives me nuts.
0: Mm, I never oh, wow. I didn't think you could do that. That's really a problem. Jeez. Huh? So in, in your case, 3Touch is almost more of a hindrance than a feature.
1: I really believe in it. Even before the reviews came out, I think it's the next level of phone interaction, right? It's like this new dimension of interaction with the phone where you get, it's a right click for your phone and I totally believe it's gonna be the next layer, but I haven't developed the motor memory to do it. So at this point, with the first iteration, I love it as a concept, but it just hasn't been practical for me and I don't wanna to switch to Apple apps, or not all of them at least, to utilize it. It's not enough of a trade-off off of my favorite apps.
0: Mm-hmm. That's fair. And I think part of the beauty of it too is that they didn't make it like a mandatory feature. You can still yeah. use all the same gestures. Uh, that said, though, I feel like once 3D Touch comes to a bigger screen like the iPad, it'll make a lot more sense. I could see this being really useful in a file browser if Apple ever yeah. something like that. Or um, if you had a really big document, using actions on like words or something like that. Like I traversing see,
1: pages in a document too, with the harder you push, the, it scrolls faster and faster through the pages of a document. Mm-hmm.
0: And then the, like, the fast forwarding you can get on the Mac um actually my macbook has the 3d touch oh you have the 3d
1: touch i i can't even imagine it i rarely ever play stuff in QuickTime aside from me editing but i've seen it and it it seems really
0: interesting to be completely honest with you i rarely use it i usually forget it's there so um that that you know on the flip side there's me not using it kind of like you mentioned so it's interesting i don't know i have mixed thoughts about it i guess but on the phone i think it makes a lot of sense and i'm really excited to see where they go with it but on the computer i'm not sure you know i already have a right click what is the utility on the computer?
1: And it's not consistent and you haven't seen many of the apps on OS ten get updated for that kind of support. And they don't really have incentive because it's such a small percentage of Mac users who have that hardware that's capable. Yeah. I don't think it's worth it.
0: The one cool app, I don't know if you saw it, but like they created a drawing app that you could draw with your finger and do force sensitive or pressure sensitive drawing with the trackpad, which I thought was pretty cool, you know? Because cool. you usually need like a Surface Pro to do that. Yeah,
1: I actually didn't realize too. I was exploring options of my mom wanted to write traditional Chinese on her Mac for a long time Because she was messaging a lot of our family members and we were considering buying her like an external Wacom tablet Until I realized built into Mac OS and you can actually use the trackpad even an older generation one to do handwriting so she uses her finger as a stylus and she writes things and it's kind of the same interface as iOS where on the screen there's the the two ends of the trackpad are divided into suggestions of words so oh. once you start doing a couple more strokes, more and more suggestions come up and then you click on the one that you want. So that part is interesting. I feel like maybe if it had 3D touch, it'd be a little bit more accurate possibly, since especially with Chinese, it's a lot to do with stroke and pen pressure. Hmm. Hmm. But I know very little about Chinese writing. I just know I set it up at one point.
0: That's really fascinating actually. And that's a really great application that I never would have thought of. Huh. So I think we can both agree that the future is bright, but right now it's, it's useful. But not
1: Underutilized, I would say that. That's Appreciated, but underutilized.
0: Speaking of underutilized, <laughs> I know you've been having trouble with this feature, but um, Siri being always on, be for bust.
1: For me, it's always been a bust. I, <laughs> I love. Once again, I love the idea of Siri. I'm one of those really optimistic. Like I love the technology behind it. I want to imagine that world where I can speak to it like Jarvis and it does everything. But I have Apple Watch on my, or I have Siri on my Apple Watch and on my iPhone, and I feel like I'm just perpetually screaming at it. The only time I really want Siri is when I'm driving in my car and I want to change the music since I use Apple Music. And if you were sitting in my car, you would hear at least 15 times me yelling on the top of my lungs like, Siri, turn on Adele. No, 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 turn on Adele. Hey, Siri. Hey, It drives me nuts. And at some point, I just, truthfully, I look down on my phone and I change it then. (laughs) Oh, my God, it just went off. (laughs) Uh,
0: I'm going to try it right now. Hey, Siri. Oh, wow. I think there's definitely some voice bias with that. Um, I personally have been able to get it just about every time, um, as you, the listener, might have just heard. It's been really great for me. I -hmm. use it in the morning when I'm getting dressed. I'll ask Siri about the weather, um, what my schedule is that day. But I kind of agree with you. I think the functionality Siri is pretty limited, especially coming from Cortana and Google Now.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, just like Google Now. And even like, I think that's why people really like the Amazon Echo, right? Like the Hey Alexa command is so good and it's so accurate. That they've never had a problem. Because if you had a, a dedicated microphone or a dedicated speaker and it didn't respond, like it had the same performance rate as Siri, no one would want
0: it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's a really interesting thing. Because of Apple's ecosystem decisions, they really have themselves an interesting place. By blocking off Siri, um, well, I guess it is more open now. Apps can plug into it, right?
1: I think it's like the same system where, remember when you, instead of, when the Apple TV didn't have an app store and they just did like backhand deals, like behind the door deals okay. with content and stuff like that too. I think they choose and they reach out and then they build it in private.
0: Okay, interesting. And we'll have to check that one out. But I know on Google Now, for example, I can fire off a Facebook message, which is super convenient. I have so many friends on Facebook Messenger. On Apple, on Siri, no such luck. And you know that's the case across a lot of apps. So it's definitely a very limited use case. You really have to buy into the Apple ecosystem, which um, right now I am trying to do, just to try it out. But it's, it's definitely limiting. Um, I think Siri Always On, though, is a great feature. Really should have been this way from the beginning, I think, because you know it's it's very it almost defeats the utility if you press it down. So for me, it's great. Um, my favorite place for it is when I'm in bed. I put my phone behind me on my uh, windowsill, and so if I have a question or if I want to set an alarm or something, I'll just lay in bed and talk to Siri, and that's like the best. You know, you don't have to get up, you don't have to turn. And around. it
1: responds right. It's pretty accurate and stuff.
0: Yeah, maybe that's my voice compared to yours.
1: Maybe, maybe it's the accent or the issue, but like I'm from New Jersey, and I'm also, I'm like I don't know. I've tried, it, I've trained it so many times, and at some point I trained it, and right after I finished training it, my best friend said it, and she like, she did my impression, like she said it in my in my tone, and it worked, and I could not get it to work for me <laughs> ever again. It's unbelievable.
0: That's really funny. Yeah, maybe it's um my Connecticut accent, but Siri always on Siri actually has been one of my favorite features, and one of the things that drew me to iOS. Nine. I
1: want it. I totally believe in it. I've always loved Siri. I've had. Did you know that I actually had the Siri app before it was bought by Apple? Really? It was an independent app. It kind of looked like Google now, but it was meant to be a personal assistant. So you go into the app, you do a whole bunch of searches, you would ask it for the time and the weather and it would learn your behavior. Um, and then right after it was announced, I think in iOS 3 or 4.
0: Yeah, wow.
1: That Siri was bought and integrated. But it used to be an app. It used to be a black icon, green lettering. If you look into my channel deep into the archives, I did a what's on my iPhone, I think it's a 3GS or iPhone 4. I have Siri installed as a third-party application.
0: I didn't even know it was a third-party application. I'm Mm going to have to go look that up now. Um, But your history of Siri actually runs pretty deep because you have the original Siri. Um, I'm pretty sure you had an iPhone 4S.
1: I've had every iteration of the iPhone aside from the 3G.
0: Okay, And now we go to Rensselaer, which there's an ongoing lawsuit with Apple regarding Siri. Yeah. So so we've been all over the place with Siri.
1: I have a love-hate relationship with Siri. Siri just doesn't want to love me back. That's the issue. I, we go way back, too. Yeah. In like, what, 09?
0: Siri. I'm still waiting for the first child to be called Siri. Anyways. Oh.
1: <laughs> so the next big thing, I think this is a big component of... I wanted to think about the iPhone for a really long time when my purchasing um, decision came up because I was deciding between the iPhone 6S and the iPhone 6S+. Plus. And so I've always been an advocate of a smaller phone. I have tiny hands, I'm only five foot three. Um, And I always thought that a larger phone was just reactionary to the market and that you couldn't really use it because it's not usable, because you can't take it out of your pocket and use it with one hand. Um, And it was really unnecessary and really unwieldy. Um, And then recently, a couple of my friends started getting the Plus and a lot of my mom's friends started getting the Plus and that piqued my curiosity because it made me really question what is my most used computer every day? And I'm not sure about you, but it's the first device that I pick up in the morning. It's the last thing I look at at night. And most of the time when I'm reading or watching videos, as much as I want to say it's on my iPad or even my computer, it's always on my phone. So the big question was like, did I want a larger screen? Uh, And then the battery life, right? Everyone talks about the battery life. And I'm not sure about your experiences with previous iPhones, but I've always carried an external battery pack out of habit because I drain the battery. I'm always on my phone.
0: I guess your case is a little bit different than mine. I opted for the just the regular 6S. So far, it's been pretty good for me. Um, granted, I'm coming from Android, which I think has historically had worse battery life than iOS. Yeah. Um, that said, it's been filling my needs fine. I'm not carrying out a battery pack, but um, I'm bigger than Candace. I'm almost 6 feet, 5 foot 11, like 3 quarters. There's a very big
1: height difference between us.
0: <laughs> and a very big phone size difference, ironically. But um, I do miss the keyboard on my Moto X it was so nice to my fingers. So I'm seriously considering going to the 6S Plus. Um, do you feel that it complements your Apple Watch very well?
1: Oh yeah, that's actually a big part of it too. I had already, no actually I got my phone, I got my Apple Watch and I was using it with the 6. I also had an iPad Mini. And I think I wanted to rely more on my iPhone. So I think a part of it was I bought the larger iPhone up bought the Plus. I, got, I started using the Apple Watch more often. And then I switched my iPad Mini for an iPad Air 2. So everything got a little bit bigger. Mm. Uh, and I think it's interesting I, I like it a lot I think making the move to the plus is was a really good decision for me I think it's not going to be for every single person but just some of the apps that utilize the screens real estate like narwhal for reddit and even just reading like instapaper on a larger screen is really nice and just the battery life and, like now it's not an issue I can go at least a day and a half if I really had to
0: so one thing you haven't really touched upon that I'm really curious, um, and especially because you're a girl, is how's the pocketability? Because mm-hmm. I know women's pockets aren't nearly as deep as men's, and I'm assuming yeah. you're women's pants.
1: I think it's always been a problem. I've worked retail. I've had two retail jobs where I'm just on the floor. I don't have a bag on me or anything, and I've had like phones in my pockets. And I think ever since we got to the iPhone 5, it always stuck out of my pocket.
0: Really? Okay. And I got
1: used to it. Um, and then it only got worse with the 6, and now the 6+. Plus. Uh, luckily, I don't work retail anymore, so I don't have to have it in my pocket all the time. But, you know, when I sit down, I think it's kind of like a guy. When you sit down, you take out your wallet and you put it down. I usually don't keep my phone in my pocket. Uh, I I don't think it's good for your back or anything, too, but it sticks in and it digs in. Oh, really? And uh, most of the time, I either have a bag or a jacket pocket or a purse, which is, I think, a little bit more acceptable for women. Mm -hmm. It usually just goes in my bag when I'm not using it.
0: Yeah, I, I predict that one day women's pockets will get bigger so they can accommodate phones like this because I see this trend actually, I think, more with women than with men, they like getting it. for the bigger phones.
1: Oh yeah, I think, I'm not sure about the older generation, and I know it's a subsect, but my mom and her group of friends, they all have iPhone 6 Pluses, or they have Galaxy Notes. Yeah. So they love the big screen, because at a social event, they use their phone as a camera, and then they love showing off pictures of their kids and stuff like that too. And of course, their eyes are not getting any better, so they really love the bigger mm-hmm. size. Um, my dad's the opposite, he's a lot in a lot of factories and doing a lot of construction work, and he likes it where it's super small, and he just can make phone calls, and it's just big enough for him to see.
0: Definitely, I definitely see that with a lot of older generations. I feel like mothers are generally much more uh, mobile-centric than fathers. Fathers use it much more, like you said, like it a is utility, a phone yeah. first and foremost. Whereas my mom, like this is her computer. If she has to be on her MacBook, it's because she absolutely has to be to do like Excel or something. Other than that, she's always on her phone. And she, I just got her the 6, mm-hmm. um, not the Plus because it was used, but she loves it. Like she was so happy for the bigger screen size. Yeah, and my mom
1: always wanted one. Like since the 4, like she was she was with me every iPhone that I've ever gotten. Wow. She, she loves technology like I do. And so once we got to the 4 and we saw some of the newer like Samsung phones come out, she's like, why couldn't they make a bigger one? Why couldn't they make a bigger one?
0: Wow. I'm actually surprised that your mother said that. That's really interesting to me. And, you know, actually, it makes sense, I guess, though, because my mom, she has her iPhone 6S in a life-proof case. And it's huge. It's, I can't get guess. over it. It's almost double the size of mine. She does,
1: does she ever put it in her pocket?
0: She does. My mom wears, uh, I guess, yeah, a jacket pocket, another thing about it, and her purse. She puts it there. Yeah, that's you, really interesting, though. Do you know one
1: funny thing about my mom, though? She's really weird because she loves her iPhone 6S Plus, and then she will not give up her iPad Mini. I've huh. offered so many times to switch her back to the full size, but she loves her Mini
0: how big is the mini that's seven eight inches
1: it's 7.9 7.9 and then the phone is 5.5 so it's like
0: two inch difference the thing three. is
1: i thought that there was too much overlap so i decided to move up to the ipad air 2 for the multitasking and i just thought there was too much overlap she will not give it up like she loves the portability she still loves bringing it on vacation and i think because she, she uses it differently um because her phone is like her main computer and then her ipad's like her media device mm. she doesn't mind having two devices that are actually pretty similar because she has two different purposes
0: mm, interesting so would you ever go back to the six? Is there anything you miss about the regular size iPhone?
1: I, this sounds totally narcissistic, or maybe not narcissistic, but totally maybe girly. The case selection. Really. When I was on the six, I thought there was gonna be more cases for the six plus. Maybe it's like the grass is greener on the other side. But like now, going to stores or like find the cute like niche cases, they're only for the six because they assume that you only have sixes and not six pluses. And I experienced that even when I was traveling around Asia. So when I was in Hong Kong, when I was in Japan, I would find some really cool cases. Only for the six, not the plus.
0: That's one thing that I am a little concerned about, um, and this could totally be a talk for the for another day. But with the fragmentation and the number of devices, you know, we're predicting to get the five SE, or the six SE or whatever it is. Yeah, the new four-inch phone update coming yeah. this March um, for the iPhone Seven. They're even predicting I heard two different models of the iPhone uh, Seven Plus. They're going to have like one with two cameras, one with one. Yeah. So we're talking feasibly like five, six devices. Um, even if that's not true. I still think even two, it kind of defeats the the goal of the iPhone, like that one device, the go to yeah. phone. And then that fragmentation, um, well, not nearly as bad as Android. The, the case selection is important, and it's a reason people pick the phone and building for that yeah. ecosystem.
1: I think once they, I once they, I think once they finalize the screens, I don't think it's going to go any more extreme, any smaller, and then any bigger. I think once they hit the three. So, like, whatever the 5S was, the 6 and the 6 Plus, and they continue to iterate a couple of times, I think that problem will alleviate itself. And there's so many manufacturers out there that I don't think it's going to be an issue.
0: Mm. I hope one day for, like, a 5-inch iPhone. That would be my perfect iPhone. 5 inches, reduce the bezel on the top and bottom, and then maybe make the mini kind of, like, that plus size. Maybe shrink it a little bit, like like a really big iPhone, like 6 inches, but, but with a reduced... Um, Height uh, almost. Yeah. So then you have that true. Yes, this is a tablet and a phone, and then a little bigger iPhone. But that's just me.
1: I think yeah, the right now the biggest hindrance to the bezels is just the home button, right? Like it's yeah. a design aspect of the phone. If they design a way where 3D touch can give you that home button experience somehow, mm-hmm. they can get rid of it, right? Because it takes up so much space on the bottom bezel.
0: Definitely. And you do know Apple has a patent actually for um, with in display fingerprint recognition. So it's supposedly coming.
1: I wouldn't mind, I just get a little bit nervous without having a button at all, because if you ever do any reset or any hard reset or having software problems with the phone, you really want that button.
0: Yeah, no, I don't know how that would work. Um, I'm even nervous for that that lightning port port removal. I don't know how that's gonna work, if that happens.
1: So would would that stop you from wanting to upgrade to to another iPhone if the new one came out and there was no
0: headphone jack? Truthfully, I've been thinking about switching to Bluetooth headphones. Mm one thing I like to do is run a lot, and with some Bluetooth headphones, I was thinking about either um, those Beats ones where it's over the ear with a strap in the back, or uh, maybe not Beats ones, but a model like that, or some of those just in-ear with no wire in between. Yeah, like the Jaybirds and yeah. stuff, right? Yep, and some of those new ones that are just now at CES. Mm-hmm. Something like that, I was, I'm was i ready to go without the wires. I think it'd be really nice, and I'm totally fine with charging them. But I like having the cable for debugging or something up with my phone. Like mm. I feel like there's a lot of utility in that that people are under, under the, the,
1: the, um, the headphone jack for debugging?
0: Oh, I'm sorry, did I say the headphone jack? Um, well, I guess what I'm saying is, one day I could see the iPhone going portless.
1: Completely portless.
0: I could see that. I think that would be a great goal for them. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Apple Watch. Um, I was working on a Medium post actually saying how the Apple Watch is like the prototype for the iPhone. And I think one day it will be portless.
1: So like wireless charging, wireless headphones.
0: Yeah, I, I could see it going that way. And I think it yeah. makes a lot of sense. You know why yeah. do you need these wires? It clutters up the experience. Yeah. That'd be a truly beautiful device. Um, maybe I should back up a little bit to focus on the iPhone 7 potentially, but yeah. um, I do think you know there's a serious utility in that headphone jack. And um, when I might was not the last
1: time you have used? What, so like the headphone in, jack. In the most recent week, when was the last time you used the headphone jack, and what was it for?
0: I used it. Um, I think it was today, today or yesterday. On my way to class, I was going to listen to music. And you're now, using
1: standard earbuds. But let's say that you, those are wireless. So anytime that you were listening to your own personal music while you're on the go, they were were Bluetooth. When was any last time that you used the headphone jack?
0: On Bluetooth you mean? Or if I had Bluetooth headphones? So yeah,
1: let's say that the last week, anytime that you used your wired earbuds, you're using Bluetooth ones. Mm -hmm. So you didn't use the headphone jack. Was there any other time like when you were hanging out with someone or going to a party or like running a program where you had to plug it in directly?
0: That's a very valid point i think i've only used it just for listening to music i don't have um like the square cash reader or something like that so no in that sense i haven't needed the headphone jack so um yeah
1: that's like that's the question i always answer and the funny thing is am i you can see it in person wrong but my case right now has the headphone jack cover uh-huh and i usually keep it covered all the time and i don't remember the last time i had a open it, and plug it in.
0: Do you have Bluetooth headphones?
1: So I am the proud, crazy owner of three different pairs of Bluetooth
0: headphones. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, a
1: couple of different shapes and sizes. So I, I am a proud owner of the first generation LG neck buds. Nice. So you know how, like, neck buds are, like, a big thing? Yeah. I had them in 2012. So they're the first model made by LG. Um, I still rock them. I wear them all the time because they're super comfortable, but I know the stigma behind it, and I see everyone wear them. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I was in Asia, like, all the old women who were – like cleaning up the restaurant tables and stuff. We're Mm -hmm. all wearing neck buds. Um, I also have a pair of more like sport headphones that I got as a gift from my mom. And they're more of like the Beats and stuff like that too. So most of the time I keep those packed. I sometimes do keep a pair of headphones that are wired in my bag. But most of the time that's just for me plugging into my computer, not even my phone.
0: Mm.
1: So I'm, I'm already living without the headphone jack. My car is Bluetooth as well. Or it uses the lightning cable. I don't understand the hoopla behind it. I know that There's a lot of high-end quality audio stuff, but once again, third-party manufacturers are gonna facilitate that transition. It's not gonna be the greatest, but after six months, I think it's the same argument that people make when they still want the CD drive in their computer.
0: Hmm. You know, this is really interesting. I didn't know you were so invested in Bluetooth headphones. You're talking to the guy who has the same Skullcandy earbuds that he bought junior year of high school, still working for him junior year of college, have not been replaced, and all my headphones are wired. but you bring up a good point with the car audio i know for me with my old 2003 honda pilot mm-hmm. um it's all audio jack or nothing jack, so yeah. I, I mean i would love to get a nicer car or something like that but that would be a hindrance in that sense um i couldn't listen to podcasts and stuff on the, my rides to and from school um is that a deal breaker i don't think once so. once
1: again that problem could be fixed by like a 20 dollars bluetooth adapter that's true that's but, like, true like all the problems could be fixed if they just facilitate making adapters that are very, very sleek and slim that plug into any of the old traditional jacks. And then you slowly move away from it. I think the first generation that they don't have the headphone jack, people are gonna complain forever. Second generation, I think people are, people freaked out when they removed the CD drive out of the MacBook Air. Do you remember that? Like 2011, the MacBook Air came out and there was no CD drive. Um, And I just had a conversation with my roommate Who's thinking about getting a new computer? And most of the computers that you buy these days are ultrabooks, right? They follow yeah. the same model as the MacBook Air and now the MacBook Pros. Most PCs these days don't come with a CD drive, and she was telling me that she was concerned that she was like she needed the CD drive. And I asked her when was the last time you used it, and she couldn't remember.
0: <laughs> That's a fair point. You know, like to be honest, I completely agree with you. I don't think I'm going to miss the headphone jack, but I can see a few cases where people would. Yeah. Um, but that said, I think it's time. I think we're ready. And if it's lightning headphones, so be it. If it's Bluetooth, which I think it will be, totally fine with that. So
1: do you think they're going to include, so if they were to get rid of it, would you, were they, they going to give you a pair of lightning headphones, Bluetooth headphones, or they're not going to include anything at all?
0: I would hope they would go with Bluetooth, just bite the bullet, and get people off the standard because, like I said, I predict one day they will go without that port. But um, I've been reading that they're probably going to do lightning, probably for cost mostly, Yeah. which makes sense. I would understand that.
1: Yeah, it's, I like imagine a world where I open my the box to my new iPhone and it comes with the wireless ear pods, but they're each independent. So there's no cable at all, and you just go into your ears.
0: That would be, I would be in love with that.
1: Like if I ever watched the movie Her, and he just wears that one little headset inside of his ear and does everything, and the quality is amazing. Like that's that's the dream I want. And mm-hmm. right now I'm half achieving it with my uh, my neck buds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I would love that. I think we might get there one day. Um, having Siri in your ear, dating Siri.
1: And once again, I'm going to walk around, not on campus, because I probably won't be in college anymore. Or I'll just be angrily yelling at Siri, and it just won't work. I think 20 years from now, I'm going to be just an angry, bitter person who can't get Siri to work.
0: Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you on that. I think Siri is going to become the feature of the iPhone. Um, you know, as you saw with the Echo, this week it added Spotify integration and Uber integration, like two days apart from each other, yeah. which was nuts. I, I I commend them for their rapid iteration, but I think you're going to see a convergence of like that. I really I. Really, I, I I read a really great article by Casey Newton mm-hmm. about um, the rise of bots and technology and about how people aren't downloading as many apps um, and how, well, they, the most used services on the iPhone are iMessage, email, and maybe Facebook Messenger. Very few people download the apps for things. Mm-hmm. So he was predicting, and I think he's definitely onto something here, that um, apps like the Macy's app or the CVS app, you know, mundane apps that really just give you basic information mm-hmm. will be replaced by um, some sort of AI or bot that interacts with you That does it
1: for you, right? So instead of having you to find the services, the services bring it all to you at once yeah. and then you command it. Yep, like
0: you'll ask Siri to order you a dress at Macy's or call you an Uber yeah. or play that song on Spotify or Apple Music correctly. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what he's saying and I could see that happening. I think that is very much a real possibility. And um, I'm excited for that. I think that'll be a really powerful future. I don't think apps are going away, but I think the convergence... Of a lot of major... Yeah.
1: I can even think about, like, I want less apps on my phone. Sometimes the apps are never updated or poorly designed. I wouldn't mind centralizing a lot of my functionality to the good apps that I know are going to be reliable for many years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I hate having Venmo on my phone, for example. Like, yeah. I use Venmo maybe bi-monthly.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, like, when Facebook Messenger payments came out, I was so excited because I thought everyone was going to move on to it and no one, no one trusts it. So I don't send payments on Facebook Messenger, and I want it because I don't yeah. want Venmo on my phone. Yeah. If I could have it all through Facebook Messenger, I would.
0: Well, you, rumor has it they're coming out with Apple Pay a payments, mm-hmm. so that's friends. I think that could catch on. I know my mom would use that.
1: Yeah, I, I think I definitely would, and like you can also now starting hopefully use Apple Pay with ATMs. So when you go up to an ATM, you don't have to swipe in your debit card. Really? Like, and put in your PIN. You'll just tap your
0: phone. That's I had not heard that. That's really cool. Yeah, I
1: believe I'm not sure how official it is, but they're installing NFC readers into a lot of the major ATMs. So then it's just a matter of support with your banks and stuff. Yeah.
0: That's fascinating. So, so oh, sorry. no, please.
1: Uh, just going for the one point about the echo. It, it only makes me slightly nervous if companies rely on voice for their main. So like in the future, if your main interaction with the computer device is through voice, I don't think I would fully like that. I think partially, is I'm a very visual person. I'm very tactile. I like typing things in. And I think part of it also comes with I don't like speaking all the time and have a hard time listening. So I'd rather have more information be visual um, rather than it be read out, being allowed. I don't think it would be a big problem, but it just concerns me a little.
0: No, absolutely. I think the idea of voice interactions is romanticized a lot in television and stuff like that because it has to be voice there. How else is the audience going to be able to tell? But um, when, when I had a Windows phone, and I guess you can do it on Google now too, but I love that you could text Cortana, like you could type in your query, and it would run it, which was super handy. Like, it was a universal search for the phone, but also the internet, um, much like Siri is in some ways. You
1: can correct Siri by typing stuff in, I think.
0: True, true. You can correct her, but you can't just like start a query. Even in yeah. Spotlight, it's not quite the same thing. Yeah. So I think that is really powerful, um, but I agree. I think voice is definitely overly romanticized and not the most practical, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. In most situations.
1: So I was gonna just talk really quickly about Apple Music. It's not completely related to the iPhone, but Apple Music came out just in time with uh, with the iPhone release. So let me ask you, Rob, are you using Apple Music?
0: I am using Apple Music. Um, my thoughts on it, I think the interface is uh, <laughs> garbage. <laughs> it's crazy, it's hard to get around it. I've gotten pretty good now, but um, it's very confusing. It, That's and, and
1: right now, what you're using it, I, I'm not sure which version of iOS that we're on, but when it first came out, it was atrocious. Mm-hmm. Like, it's only now I've gone through at least two or three minor software updates where it's now barely usable. It was terrible.
0: Yeah, it's actually, I have to say, on the iPhone, it is much better than on the desktop.
1: Oh, yeah, like, at one point, you couldn't click on any artist to link back to their page. That drove yeah. me nuts, because I did it all the time on Spotify, right? Play a song, go to the artist, find related, click yep. through.
0: To bring us full circle, actually, I think 3D Touch is the redeeming feature of Apple Music and the savior to that interface. I think once it is implemented more successfully, um, and I think that could be their app where they make it, it is the expectation that you will 3D Touch, not the um, the option. That will be really powerful because there's so much um, hidden depth to all the elements. Yeah. It's like the perfect use case.
1: I, I totally would love it, but my only two concerns, and that's coming once again from like probably dealing with older people or teaching people technology is... Since it's hidden, I think it's like part of a usability issue where if people don't know that it's available, they're gonna forget. Mm-hmm. And so like it's a learned behavior, so it might be a chicken and the egg scenario where if you teach people, then they'll do it and then it'll just continue going on. But I can't imagine having to go through and teach my mom that use a to force touch everything. Um, and then the other half of that equation is accessibility. Not everyone has the mobility in their hands it's true. to do the 3D touch. So unless they find another component to, or another way of enabling that without having to apply more pressure, I don't think Apple will ever make it a requirement.
0: That's true. That's a good point. Um, yeah, that's probably for the best, especially if they want to keep that older user base. Have you found inconsistencies with 3D Touch in your phone?
1: In terms of it working or just different menus and stuff? So, like,
0: one thing I love about 3D Touch is when you force press on the keyboard, you can swipe the cursor around. Yeah, that's I awesome. use that all the time. That keeps me glued on the stock keyboard. But I sometimes find, like, I'll be force pressing and it just it won't register. Nothing will happen.
1: Oh, really? I think, have you tried changing the sensitivity on your 3D Touch on your phone? I have not, no. That was the biggest thing. I tried, so I got the phone in the store, and my friend and I was playing, and we were playing with it, and I thought I really had to push down hard, and I I just Googled it really quickly. And I changed it, I think, to the second lowest, or the lowest. Okay. I think it changes the way you use your phone, and if you are ever going to move into a larger phone, I think there's less risk of dropping it because you don't apply as much pressure. Just pressure right through the screen? Or just drop <laughs> it, yeah, completely. That was my biggest fear, moving to the Plus. Be like, I'm going to use really touch all the time, and my fans are so small. But it worked out if I turned down the sensitivity.
0: Mm. And Arcanis, okay, so we are both in the iPhone upgrade program, correct? Yep, yep. Okay, okay. What do you think of that?
1: So on the bigger scheme things, I think it's a really smart ploy for Apple because a lot of consumers are stuck on that two year cycle still mm-hmm. where they don't upgrade their iPhone every single year or they don't have an option to because they're stuck on those carrier subs- Um There's also reliance once again with those contracts that they can't move around contracts. So you have this idea where you're just stuck with Verizon forever because you're on this contract. I think it gives a lot of power to Apple where the whole retail experience can go through Apple. Uh, and the only thing that they really have to do is just activate it with the carrier. And it's really interesting. Um, and I think it's just a ploy to get more phones sold, right? Uh, Every single class that you've probably taken talks about declining iPhone sales. It's always the case study right now, mm-hmm. and I think I think the iPhone upgrade program could be the solution, at least for the American market.
0: Definitely, I'm. I think that is probably the biggest innovation we saw this release cycle. Um, and kind of I fully
1: agree. And no one, I don't think anyone really wants to believe us. Uh, and I make the iPhone upgrade program an argument whenever I bring up uh, like iPhone sales declining, and no one wants to acknowledge that.
0: point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree, and I would not be surprised to hear that the numbers right now in the program are very low, but how many people have upgraded the 6S, they're probably still in their contracts, Yeah. Um, and I think Apple really needs to push this more, but if they could get everybody on this program, mm-hmm. and, and why would they not be? It's a huge cost savings for them, because you're not paying the extra carrier fee. You get Apple Care, which, um, yes, you pay for it, but it's very useful. I know tons of people with damaged phones. If you
1: do out the math, like I, I remember doing out the math for my phone, I was like, I was actually contemplating paying just full price for the phone and Apple Care and just it off on my credit card or just paying it off um it's a zero percent interest loan yeah. and you it's a six dollar difference if you were to pay it out on your credit card or do it through the through citizen one loan program so they're not really getting much aside from you paying it off every single year through the stores
0: yeah i think it's really smart for them i it makes me think about using my phone totally differently too like i'm not worried about using the battery up you know i'm yeah. not worried about oh this is gonna have to last me three years for yeah. example so that's a nice piece of mind. Um, on the flip side, I think there's definitely a bit of, um, you know, consumerism cycling through these phones that fast. Is yeah. that responsible? Is that wasteful? Uh, but on the other hand, I'm sure used iPhone sales are just as hot as Once, they've ever been. Yeah, and
1: like especially in countries that are just growing, or they're gonna have developing markets and things like that too. That's why Apple's willing to take an old iPhones because they're still a market and there's still value, and they retain mm-hmm. their value extremely well.
0: Yeah, I, I think don't think feel guilty
1: about the consumerism about the phone, especially. I think Apple is especially recently very conscious about the products that they build and they're super recyclable. And I don't personally feel guilty. I think people try to shame me into getting the new technology every single year. It's my most used utility. I use it more than my car. I use it probably more than my wallet. It's like my lifeline and my and my viability of being a person. So I don't mind upgrading that facet of my life.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree with you completely. I use it so much. I There was not a second doubt in my mind that I was gonna do it. <laughs> Um, and that said, I think one other point we should touch upon is the um, the lack of fragmentation. If they got more people on this upgrade program, even if you're a cycle behind, I don't even know how that would happen, but if you're buying the latter generation, yeah. if everybody's upgrading consistently, then you can bring features like Apple Pay, three um, D touch, three D touch, Apple Music. Well, I guess that's not all of them, but all my, always on Siri. All these features to the masses, which I think is really powerful, It gives them a major edge over Android, and really, yeah, exactly. It, it, stretches that gap between the fragmentation levels to the extremes
1: oh yeah i that's one of my favorite reasons about why i use the iphone and why i believe it it's like the software is so unified that anytime an android manufacturer comes out with a big physical feature that they brag about or they boast about i don't really believe in it because android won't have the support it's like either one or the other right like google releases a great part of android either it doesn't you know, there's security fixes or there's a really cool feature. And then you have a device that you bought six months ago and it's never going to get it.
0: Yeah. You know, I, so having switched from Android so recently, I really love Android. I think in a lot of ways, their design language and some of the choices they're making are really forward thinking. And in some ways, I think is objectively better, but because of the fragmentation and the way different OEMs treat their consumers, yeah, it's, it's never going to have that same great experience across the board, which is a shame, really, because it unless Google starts making their own hardware and supporting it like Apple does, it, there always is going to be that parody. Um, and that's a shame, really. It's too bad it's not a true competitor. But. Yeah,
1: like once again, I think it's like one of those things where conceptually I love it. I love the concept of Android and having this freedom. I think a lot of people align with Android for that reason. But I think it boils down to just everyday usability. Mm-hmm. And if you want to tinker, if you want to worry about software updates, if you want to watch Google I.O. and just know that's never coming to your, your Samsung Galaxy S4, then like I don't want to be on that boat.
0: Yeah, I remember those sad days. <laughs> uh, all right, so um, quickly before we wrap up, any predictions for the iPhone 7? I know we touched on that a little bit, but anything more you want to add?
1: Yeah, I'm, truthfully, I, I love Apple. I've been following it for so long, but I'm not really a big rumor follower. I love it when it's a tangible product and we can discuss the ramifications of it. Um, aside from the headphone jack, I really have no predictions. I hope it's a, a little bit of a different design language. Mm-hmm. Um, It looks a little bit different. Maybe I think my the 4 is probably my favorite phone when it came out. I remember just being amazed by the way it looked the two slabs of glass and the aluminum band it was leaked remember on yeah. gizmodo and stuff I remember sitting in italian class sneaking into the bathroom and reading the blog post about <laughs> it and being mesmerized by the industrial design of the phone mm, the i want that feeling
0: beautiful.
1: i want that feeling again i haven't felt that in a little bit
0: mm. yeah i'm not really sure what to think outside of what we kind of mentioned the rumors already i think it'll be a big one i think this was a really important phone for them coming up especially with the recent pressure and um Fairly or unfairly, you know, I think they've been kind of seen as they are, they're in a slump right now. Yeah. I think that's uh, questionable, but you know, valid concern, always got to be critical. So I think this upcoming one will be very important for them, uh, especially in terms of, like their bottom line, how people view the company.
1: And it's iOS 10, don't forget. This is that's the true. big one. Yeah. So if they really wanted to refine the software and do something really pivotal, I think this is it, just from the naming convention.
0: Yeah, that's true. I bet that's going to be very telling of like the update they release. I bet this will be a big one. They're kind of on that talk cycle with the, the software where they're refining. So I'm excited to see what happens. I have big hopes, and I think we're going to see more of a convergence towards productivity features across the board, iPhone, iPads, um, and hopefully Mac. So so we'll see, but we'll see. I think it'll be good. I'm, I'm excited. excited.
1: Yeah, we're both going to be upgrading, right, since we're on the iPhone upgrade we yep. You're going to see both of us online at some point <laughs> waiting for our new phones.
0: Yep, that's 100% correct. Can't wait. All right.
1: Uh, so, yep, thank you so much for listening to our episode. Um, we just want to let you guys know that we actually have a Twitter account. So if you find us at twitter.com slash um Feel free to add replies with any questions, feedback, um, anything the way to communicate with us. We also have our own personal Twitter accounts that you can find us on. I'm at Candice Poon, and you're
0: at RRusso44.
1: And we want to just thank you so much for listening, uh, and we'll see you guys soon.
0: Yep, bye.
1: Bye.